was a man who was reason enough for being terrified. Some people called this man wicked. Some called him fascinerous, which is a fancy word for wicked. But everyone called him Count Olaf, unless he was wearing one of his ridiculous disguises and making people call him a false name. Count Olaf was an actor but he had largely abandoned his theatrical career to try to steal the enormous fortune the Baudelaire parents had left behind. Olaf's schemes to get the fortune had been mean-spirited and particularly complicated, but nevertheless he had managed to attract a girlfriend, a villainous and stylish woman named Esme Squalor who was sitting next to Count Olaf in the car, cackling nastily and clutching Sonny on her lap. Also in the car were several employees of Olaf's, including a man with hooks instead of hands, two women who liked to wear white powder all over their faces, and three new comrades Olaf had recently recruited at Caligari Carnival. The Baudelaire children had been at the carnival, too, wearing disguises of their own, and had pretended to join Count Olaf in his treachery, but the villain had seen through their ruse, a phrase which here means realized who they really were and cut the knot attaching the caravan to the car, leaving Sonny in Olaf's clutches and her siblings tumbling toward their doom. Sonny sat in the car and felt Esme's long fingernails scratch her shoulders and worried about what would happen to her and what was happening to her older siblings as she heard their screams getting fainter and fainter as the car drove farther and farther away. We have to stop this caravan, Klaus screamed. Hurriedly he put on his glasses, as if by improving his vision he might improve the situation, but even in perfect focus he could see their predicament was dire. The caravan had served as a home for several performers at the carnival at the House of Freaks before they defected, a word which here means joined Count Olaf's band of revolting comrades and now the contents of this tiny home were rattling and crashing with each bump in the road. Klaus ducked to avoid a roasting pan, which Hugo the hunchback had used to prepare meals and which had toppled off a shelf in the commotion. He lifted his feet from the floor as a set of dominoes skittered by, a set that Colette the contortionist had liked to play with, and he squinted above him as a hammock swung violently overhead. An ambidextrous person named Kevin used to sleep in that hammock until he had joined Olaf's troop, along with Hugo and Colette, and now it seemed like it might fall at any moment and trap the Baudelaire's beneath it. The only comforting thing that Klaus could see was his sister, who was looking around the caravan with a fierce and thoughtful expression, and unbuttoning the shirt the two siblings were sharing as part of their disguise. Help me get us out of these freakish pants we're both in, Violet said. There's no use pretending we're a two-headed person anymore, and we both need to be as able-bodied as possible. In moments, the two Baudelaire's wriggled out of the oversized clothing they had taken from Count Olaf's disguise kit and were standing in regular clothes, trying to balance in the shaky caravan. Klaus quickly stepped out of the path of a falling potted plant, but he couldn't help smiling as he looked at his sister.
Violet was tying her hair up in a ribbon to keep it out of her eyes, a sure sign that she was thinking up an invention. Violet's impressive mechanical skills had saved the Baudelaire's lives more times than they could count, and Klaus was certain that his sister could concoct something that could stop the caravan's perilous journey. Are you going to make a break? Klaus asked. Not yet, Violet said. A break interferes with the wheels of a vehicle, and this caravan's wheels are spinning too quickly for interference. I'm going to unhook these hammocks and use them as a drag chute. Drag chute, Klaus said. Drag chutes are a little like parachutes attached to the back of a car, Violet explained hurriedly, as a coat rack clattered around her. She reached up to the hammock where she and Klaus had slept and quickly detached it from the wall. Race drivers use them to help stop their cars when a race is over. If I dangle these hammocks out of the caravan door, we should slow down considerably. What can I do? Klaus said. Look in Hugo's pantry, Violet said, and see if you can find anything sticky. When someone tells you to do something unusual without an explanation, it is very difficult not to ask why, but Klaus had learned long ago to have faith in his sister's ideas and quickly crossed to a large cupboard Hugo had used to store ingredients for the meals he prepared. The door of the cupboard was swinging back and forth as if a ghost were fighting with it, but most of the items were still rattling around inside. Klaus looked at the cupboard and thought of his baby sister, who was getting farther and farther away from him. Even though Sonny was still quite young, she had recently shown an interest in cooking, and Klaus remembered how she had made up her own hot chocolate recipe and helped prepare a delicious soup the entire caravan had enjoyed. Klaus held the cupboard door open and peered inside, and hoped that his sister would survive to develop her culinary skills. Klaus, Violet said firmly, taking down another hammock and tying it to the first one, I don't mean to rush you, but we need to stop this caravan as soon as possible. Have you found anything sticky? Klaus blinked and returned to the task at hand. A ceramic pitcher rolled around his feet as he pushed through the bottles and jars of cooking materials. There's lots of sticky things here, he said. I see blackstrap molasses, wild clover honey, corn syrup, aged balsamic vinegar— Apple butter, strawberry jam, caramel sauce, maple syrup, butterscotch topping, maraschino liqueur, virgin and extra virgin olive oil, lemon curd, dried apricots, mango chutney, crema di noci, tamarind paste, hot mustard, marshmallows, creamed corn, peanut butter, grape preserve, salt water taffy, condensed milk, pumpkin pie filling and glue. I don't know why Hugo kept glue in the pantry, but never mind. Which items do you want? All of them, Violet said firmly. Find some way of mixing them while I tie these hammocks together. Klaus grabbed the pitcher from the floor and began to pour the ingredients into it, while Violet, sitting on the floor to make it easier to balance, gathered the cords of the hammocks in her lap and began twisting them into a knot. The caravan's journey grew rougher and rougher, and with each jolt the Baudelaire's felt a bit seasick, as if they were back on Lake Lacrimose, crossing its stormy waters to try and rescue one of their many unfortunate guardians. 
But despite the tumult around them, in moments Violet stood up with the hammocks gathered in her arms, all tied together in a mass of fabric, and Klaus looked at his sister and held up the pitcher, which was filled to the brim with a thick and colourful slime. When I say the word, Violet said, I'm going to open the door and cast these hammocks out. I want you at the other end of the caravan, Klaus. Open that little window and pour that mixture all over the wheels. If the hammocks work as a drag chute and the sticky substance interferes with the wheels, the caravan should slow down enough to save us. I just need to tie the hammocks to the doorknob. Are you using the devil's tongue, not? Klaus asked. The devil's tongue hasn't brought us the best luck, Violet said, referring to several previous rope-related escapades. I'm using the sumac, a knot I invented myself. I named it after a singer I admire. There, it feels secure. Are you ready to pour that mixture onto the wheels? Klaus crossed to the window and opened it. The wild, clattering sound of the caravan's wheels grew louder, and the Baudelaire stared for a moment at the countryside racing by. The land was jagged and twisty, and it seemed that the caravan could tumble at any moment into a hole or off the edge of one of the mountain's square peaks. I guess I'm ready, Klaus said hesitantly. Violet, before we try your invention, I want to tell you something. If we don't try it now, Violet said grimly, you won't have the chance to tell me anything. She gave her knot one more tug, and then turned back to Klaus. Now, she said, and threw open the caravan door. It is often said that if you have a room with a view, you will feel peaceful and relaxed. But if the room is a caravan hurtling down a steep and